0: Welcome to the Tech Viva Success Podcast. This is a short weekly podcast that focuses on tools, processes, and best practices that truly fuel success for women in technology. We thank you for tuning in, and we hope you walk away with at least one best practice that will help you level up personally or professionally. What can you take action on that will make you 1% better? This show gives us space to grow that amazing potential you have inside of you by bringing you guests from all walks of life and allowing them to share their success secrets with you. I'm your host, Nicole Scheffler, and I consider myself a tech diva with over 15 years experience in a technology career, and I'm committed to sparking tech diva success with my collection of various books, podcasts, and projects, including our other podcast, the diva tech talk podcast, which is all here to inspire you and is dedicated to women in technology. I know you're going to love it. So on with the show. All right, I'm very excited to be back again with Deja Adams. She is a Maryland native and a Denver local on her way over to San Francisco in the next few weeks where she's excited to be in the heart of innovation prior to coming into the educational sector of technology she had lots of hands on experience in program operations and facilitating content strategy in tech adjacent roles for 10 out of the top 50 most watched networks in the US at NBC universal and discovery communications she would work behind the scenes to execute different types of programming, and she just wanted to take her talents to something more client-facing. So she wanted to connect buyers and sellers through effective advertising techniques and got a chance to work with two Denver hip-hop and throwback r and stations, which has a special place in my heart as a music fan myself. But her main passion is creating a positive impact for business through operations and effective outreach specifically looking at diversifying the tech industry, and that is the heart of what we're going to talk about today by looking at how we can innovate the workforce, get fresh talent in, and above all, be more inclusive. So welcome to the show, Deja.
1: Thank you for that spot on introduction, Nicole. That was fantastic. Just to touch base on that, I'm really excited to be on your podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It's such a pleasure to be working with women like you that are fostering the change that we wish to see in the tech industry. And I'm really excited to talk about ways in which we can keep the needle moving and invite diverse candidate pools in the tech industry and foster that diverse talent so that we are pretty much encouraging an environment um, for retention, right? And so, just to give a little bit of the background, adding on to what you've said in regards to where I'm at currently in the education sector, I'm really happy to be sitting on the employer partnership team for Flatiron School. Um, I like to refer to us as kind of like a high vocational boot camp. We currently teach software engineering, UX, UI design, cybersecurity, and data science. Now, that's a bit of a mouthful, and people are probably thinking, how in the heck did you end up at a boot camp? <laughs> after working for an R&B and hip hop station. Ironically enough, it was kind of a natural transfer for me because once I graduated um, college, I figured that I wanted to do behind the scenes, tech adjacent positions to kind of understand the metrics that go into play when putting together campaign strategies and compiling effective outreach, increasing ratings, so you kind of get into the mind of the consumer. And you learn the business side of what makes an effective campaign and what content um, is most appealing to certain demographic markets. Taking that knowledge and and being so invested in it on the tech side, it's interesting how it segued into radio. But needless to say, after working in the radio industry and working closely with promotions teams and, you know, in-event type of um, event in-person training, it really just for me solidified my love for connecting with people on a one-to-one scale. So going out and meeting with these business owners and not just figuring out what campaigns would bring them more business and uh, what would be most effective for their advertising strategy, but learning their why, like the ice cream shop owner who you know, tells me about how they used to be in information technology. And one day they just decided, hey, I realize when I go out to get ice cream now, there are no dairy-free options. Maybe I should open an ice cream shop. You know, those are those like personal moments that I live for and to be able to merge those two now, um, in my role now is such a pleasure. So,
0: yeah, we know that for this show specifically, when it comes to women in tech, diversity in tech, black women in tech, all kinds of diverse women in tech that in order to be successful, we have to look at it. So it's a perfect uh, combination of your skills of how do we advertise How do we know what's out there? How do we pull this together for advertising opportunities for jobs, opportunities for training to get a more diverse workforce, which will make us all successful. That's not a success tip just for women in tech. That's a success tip for the whole world of tech.
1: Everybody wins, (laughs) honestly. And this is what I say. It's like a win-win for everyone because when you have diversity starting at the top, right? In leadership positions, all the way down to entry level, the more eyes that you have, You know, when assessing what business decisions you want to make, what marketing strategies make the most sense. It's never a bad thing to have a robust representation of various groups, because what I may not realize, you know, when going over a campaign, someone else at the table could look at it and say, that doesn't sound right. Maybe we should revisit that. You know, I could see how that could be insensitive to X, Y, and Z, or let's include this language or this opportunity so that this group feels as though they are included. And this is an inclusive um, initiative that we are seeking to foster. So it's always a win-win. We can't all know it. We can't all know everything, right? It's just, you don't know what you don't know. And the best way to, you know, decrease or narrow your margin of error is to make sure that you have that representation at the table um, that will speak up.
0: Yeah, exactly. A lot of that is mindset (laughs) shift, right? How can we get people to think and consider like others? Because naturally, you're going to think like yourself. That's how we operate. We're all humans, but it does bring that diverse environment that makes things better. So, why don't you tell us a few ways that uh, maybe companies or even individuals could help build what I refer to as like a full spectrum diverse culture?
1: Yeah, I think it starts with diversifying the candidate pool, right? because if you're diversifying the candidate pool, you are already ahead of the curve and that you're fostering a pipeline of continuous talent that hopefully, right, will allow leadership opportunities, opportunities for mentorship. I know that when I started off in the the industry and being at Discovery Communications, I really love that we had such a broad spectrum of representation across our management group. Um, So I felt as though there was someone in the team that could understand me, you know? And it was the same for my colleagues. So making sure that that candidate pool is diverse and even past the point of hiring diverse talent, right? How do you encourage employer retention and keep those diverse candidate pools engaged once they join your culture and community and make them feel welcomed and heard and that they truly have a seat at the table. And so speaking from my experience overseeing employer partnerships, I've noticed a few room areas of improvement and in areas of growth that a lot of companies are already fostering and some companies are a little bit behind on and that's okay right opportunity for growth is always something that's encouraged but starting just with the job description you know i don't think sometimes we read job descriptions and we probably don't put much thought to it it's just like okay this is what they're looking for check 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 and you either decide you know i'm a good fit or this may be a, a bit below or too advanced for my skill set and one thing I encourage hiring managers uh, to pay attention to is how inclusive are your job descriptions, starting with level of education. So being as though I, I primarily represent boot camp um, graduates that, by the way, typically sometimes will have computer science or mechanical engineering degrees in addition to um, a boot camp certification, um, just ask yourself, does the candidate need, do do they really need a four-year traditional college degree? And even more so in the tech industry, do they need this four-year computer science degree from like a top tier tech school? And that's not to take away from the caliber, right, of academia that they've completed. However, it's kind of a, a barrier in a way, because we have to think about the socioeconomic limitations that are in place, where some people, we don't realize it, it's It's a financial privilege to be able to afford to go to these top-tier universities. So level of education is definitely something that I encourage hiring managers to widen the requirements on. My next point is terminology. Is it inclusive? And this could be really simple jargon used, or we could be talking about very limiting descriptions, you know, some type of terminology that you've seen in a tech role that hasn't been the most
0: inclusive. Even the pronouns is an example. Yeah. pronouns are an easy way in a job description, instead of saying he uh, or he, she, you could say they or this person or things that are not gender specific, especially in tech roles as one example.
1: Absolutely. I agree. I, I love that even with Facebook now, there's such a wide initiative where you'll see you know people will integrate in their headlines or their names. I prefer to be called she or her, her or he or him or they or them. And it's just beautiful to see that we are being more receptive to the ways in which people have the right to determine how they want to be referred. And that starts definitely with um, deconstructing the traditional job descriptions and including that. So that was a great example. To foster off from that requirement, what is an actual necessity and what is more so like, okay, that's a nice to have. And I say this because I know that a lot of people in the tech industry, I know myself, or students that I work with deal with very real imposter syndrome. And we know that it's a fact that women disproportionately, um, when reading job descriptions will think, I'm not 100% qualified for that, so I'm not going to apply. Where in is statistically proven, most men are going to go for it and still apply even if they have 50 to 60% of the skill set, right? And that's the mindset I think that all of us should have. We should all go for which ever job opportunity is out there, regardless of whether or not we feel like we fit the entire um, list of requirements. So I think definitely calling out what is an actual necessity and what is, what is more so a key bonus um, would help broaden that diverse candidate pool that we'd like to encourage, right? And we kind of would, wouldn't make other underrepresented groups feel as though um, they are not qualified for the position. So that's definitely a change that I would love to see my uh, next point so a lot of times when i'm speaking to employers and this varies and i will say that for the most part when it comes to the um, importance of resume experience when it comes to years that is changing and i'm seeing more of a positive and inclusive um mindset in regards to what qualifies as applicable experience and That is something that I think is really important because years of experience, it's kind of a vague benchmark, right? Somebody could have, you know, five years experience at the same company within a great, you know, software engineering position. However, how much, how much has that experience allowed that candidate to really get hands-on experience in different work environments and cultures that could either inhibit or allow them to become a more well-rounded um, candidate. So I like to encourage and, you know, keep hiring managers up to par with broadening their resume experience requirements and encouraging, you know, candidates who may not have the benchmark of skills on their resume to still apply. Um, because diversity and thought is still important. Cognitive diversity is still equally, I would say, a strong skill set, in re- you know, in addition to the hard skills. So integrating both is definitely a plus, major plus next is hiring strategies so specifically in tech we all know that the bulk of new talent a lot of times can come from referrals and that is not a bad thing right because when you know that your employee is saying hey you know x y and z candidate is really great for this role i work with them at x y and z company um i have x y and z metrics or experience or referrals or whatever the case may be, uh, to provide to the hiring manager, it's limiting in that what if the, you know, employers that are essentially providing the referrals are only referring talent that is, you know, maybe beknownst or unbeknownst to them, limited to a certain demographic pool. And so we want to ask ourselves, how are we fostering new ways to onboard and interview talent? And are your networks reflective of the range of diversity you'd like to bring to the team? So branching out and asking for referrals past the point of your current existing employers. Because chances are there are networks out there already doing the work. And if you partner with them, that'll most likely increase your chances of bringing a diverse candidate pool um, through the ranks. So,
0: What about working in the community? Because if you're in your local community, you can go to diverse community meetups, events, developer events, um, even young professional events, and get your job opportunities out there. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: That is literally the segue into my next point, which is how are you you meeting diverse candidate pools where they're at, right? Um, They're already out there. Afro tech events, women in tech, women who code, Um, there are so many initiatives in place. And I think Getting out there in the community, fostering and partnering with those organizations that are, you know, ramping up on virtual recruiting events, which we're seeing a ton of right now, especially during COVID, will help, I think, hiring teams get in front of the right people. So, you know, tech companies seeking candidates from specific you know you know, universities and/or years of experience without taking into account the other non-traditional organizations or boot camps that are in place that are you know, in the community, fostering these meet and greet events to make sure that these underrepresented groups are being presented to hiring managers that make the decisions in the tech industry. Um, we just got to get out there and, you know, ask ourselves, how are we meeting them where they're at? Because most likely they're not going to be in those traditional rooms and spaces that we're used to finding talent in the tech industry. And then building partnerships, right? So not just going to one off events and, you know, making sure there's representation from your hiring team in these rooms or in these communities, but building long-term partnerships to provide a continuous pipeline of talent. Um, so I know a lot of, a lot of um, professionals right now have been questioning, how are companies going to foster um, diverse candidate pools and not kind of take on this one-off marketing or public relations initiative um, so that they're, you know, they're... Their motives come off as more—it um, comes off as more genuine, and I think a way to pretty much brand your company as as a true advocate for diversity and inclusion is fostering those partnerships well past just a one-off need to. I guess I don't know, stand out or throw diversity yes. and inclusion in your on your to website. To check a box,
0: to check, check a, a box. box, maybe we don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So a lot of what you've talked about has to do with employers decisions to look at how they post positions look at how they recruit for positions but what advice do you have for an individual contributor a woman in tech perhaps or someone within their company who wants an ally maybe who wants to push these things for their company and should they go to HR and question like that? Should they bring some of the local organizations to HR and say, hey, have we worked with Girls Who Code or Black Girls Code or, mm-hmm. um, you know, these different groups? What can an individual do with their hiring department to help influence this change that we need to happen?
1: I think there's no one size fits all approach, right? Personally, what I've done is I've, I've taken a couple of different approaches to this in my work specifically and um, one of them has been getting out there and educating myself on what is already available in the community right it can sometimes be an open-ended or ambiguous request of you know coming to HR or your hiring team and just saying hey I noticed we need more diversity and then balls dropped. Um, So I think coming to the table with some sort of solution it doesn't have to be some concrete plan that's not your job. or, you know, a specific initiative on, you know, how you're going to map this out in the next couple of months, but just offering at least one ask, one specific ask. And I think that will encourage, you know, those that are in the, the decision makers in, in companies and organizations um, to feel empowered. Because they know the resources are there and they know that they are supported within their community. And so I would say in addition to, you know, going to your HR, you know, department and saying, hey, I noticed that, you know, we have this area of growth within diversity. Coming with one small ask or solution, I think, um, empowers all.
0: Yeah. And there's also, I think, a differentiation around pipeline of talent like the boot camps, like people who are coming up to be ready and people who may be ready today from those diverse markets because they've completed it or they're in some type of a developer's network and going to them and looking for that diverse talent within kind of a ready pool versus a getting ready pool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there are, you know, self-taught coders that are actively, um, you know, engaging in hackathon communities. Yes. Um, They are actively updating their profiles on GitHub and they are, you know, actively posting on Medium and showing how they coded for a certain project or they're uploading videos on YouTube um, of demos of how they, you know, came about a certain project. So there are so many ways in which we can use social media, really. To our leverage when it comes to hiring talent, this goes back to my point of kind of not completely, right, throwing away resume experience, because I definitely think that is vital, but expanding on what it looks like from a hiring perspective um, when it comes to seeking talent past just a traditional resume kind of checklist point
0: of view so you know we're coming to the end of the episode I'd like to just see what are some best practices you have I love your passion around some of these concepts about diverse hiring and best practices here I think this is a lot of great knowledge for our audience what are some last things you want to leave them with before we hop off
1: I would just say make no little plans um (laughs) That is my motto, and when I say make no little plans, that's actually one of the main um, staple values of Flatiron School, but don't limit yourself. I think that sometimes we limit uh, what we're capable of as a company um, or organization, You know, even beyond just diverse hiring, um, because it may be something completely new or out of the ordinary, something that makes us feel a bit uncomfortable. But there are resources out there, there are communities out there with open arms that would love to hop on a call or set up a meeting or, you know, foster some, some sort of one-on-one partnership for long-term improvement. And even if you don't see, you know, a quick turnaround in terms of stats or numbers or growth, don't worry too much about that. I would just say keep the needle moving. Always keep the needle moving and keep your ears and your eyes open to new ideas always and starting with leveraging, um, like I said, the resources that are right there in your backyard, in your community, um, because, it, you know, when we all come together. I think it's a win-win for all. So I'm hoping we can foster the change that we wish to see by partnering together. So,
0: Well, that's absolutely fantastic and a great use of that LinkedIn network. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, speaking of LinkedIn, you know, this has been a great interview with Deja Adams from the Flatiron School. We'll definitely post some more information about that. But if people want to reach out to you for more information on the school or just to continue the conversation on best practices for diverse hiring, where can they reach you?
1: They can reach me on LinkedIn. It's Nadeja Adams, N-A-D-E-J-A, last name A-D-A-M-S and i'm currently in the midst of setting up interviews for our virtual recruiting event and this is really a, a year-long thing so if you'd like to talk to me more about diversity hiring and how to get your diversity candidate pool launch i am all ears and i'm ready to chat with you
0: thank you so much for coming on the show it's always a pleasure to talk to you and to meet new people making a difference like you so thanks again
1: thank you so much Nicole
0: Thank you again for listening. And we really hope this sparked something in you that you can use to manifest more success in your life. Please give us a rating or review. We would love to see how the show has inspired you. You can also connect with Tech Diva Success on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. We're very easy to find under that name. And we hope this episode was fire for you.